This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today in the studio are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vasser. We also have the TSO's marketing manager, Ali Dresser, and also working in the marketing department, a Toledo Symphony Lab newbie, that is Natalie Conklin. They are all here in the studio, but but on the phone we have a very special guest, and I have a fanfare for you. It's kind of like Roman chariots, right? I did. Thank you so much. It's not over yet. Hang on. Our special guest is singer Joan Ellison, who is on the phone with us. Welcome, Joan. Thank you so much. <laughs> Very glad to have you. I almost said Judy because <laughs> Joan and Judy, you know, they both start with that J sound. But you are coming to the uh, Peristyle with the Toledo Symphony Saturday night. It's happening at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, you are doing a show about Judy Garland. The show is called uh, A Date with Judy Garland. You're going to be singing a hit parade of all those Judy Garland songs. Uh, people can find information about this online at ToledoSymphony.com or the box office number 419-246-8000. So, Joan, are you excited to come on out to Toledo and, and perform with the uh, Toledo Symphony? Yes, I'm tremendously excited. Um I- I got to sing with the Toledo Symphony on a run out uh, in 2019, and they are fabulous, and I can't wait to come back. Joan, I'd just be curious, in, in all of the fanfares that you've ever been presented with in your wonderful career, how does the one that Brad put together for you today stack up? <laughs> it's definitely the most epic. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's entrance music, right? So I don't know how you would picture yourself, but I picture you as coming in like on a, what do they call that? Like the guy's carrying. Uh, are you thinking a sedan chair? Something like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And your Good. royal sedan coming out with being feathered and, you know, fed olives and grapes and all that stuff. You've really put some thought we'll into this. The, yeah. We'll yeah. see if the tech people can arrange that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll see if they can do that for us. No, evidently. I'm going to pull out my soundboard <laughs> here. that idea. Um, I'm just happy that you got buzzed before I did, Joan, because that, I think, Thank is a record. <laughs> First yeah. time you've ever buzzed the guest. Good job. <laughs> well, okay, Joan. Now, we're going to talk about Judy Garland and this concert that's coming up, but first... But first, we're going to do something else. It's called Joan's Story. I want you to tell us, kind of go back to the beginning and and tell us how you got interested in music and how you ended up where you are now. You've got two and a half minutes of music to do it in. Uh, Otherwise, otherwise you'll be done. So So a little bit shorter (laughs) than the the fan. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have your choice of music. Let me me pull up music for you. Okay. It better be fairly quiet because I won't be able to think about what I'm saying. Yeah, that's all right. I'll turn it down. All right. Here's your other option. Okay. <laughs> that gets my book. You like that's that one, Zach? I like that one. Yeah, the other one's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a yeah. Okay, you actually have three minutes on this one, so knock okay. yourself out. Go for it. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. So I, uh, Judy Garland was my first vocal influence. My parents 
uh, got me the Wizard of Oz album. It was vinyl. Um, and when I was two, and Over the Rainbow was just, I, I fell in love with that. I fell in love with Judy's voice. Um, and let's see, so I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I think you said you wanted me to start at the beginning. I grew up in Des Moines. Um, I started piano study at four. Um, played all the way through. Um, what else? I fell in love with musicals. Uh, my parents got me a Time Life series of classic musicals on tape um, that I adored. I was in love with um, Julie Andrews as well. Um, I went to Oberlin Conservatory and studied classical voice, which was an interesting detour. Um, And then basically immediately came back to my first love, which was classic American popular song and um, musicals, and did that for a while. Uh, met my husband doing a show. Uh, we started performing our own concerts um, of American Popular Song, which I transcribed all the piano parts for off original recording. Um, and then had mostly had somebody else play them, although when we started I was playing and singing um, and hauling the sound equipment and three-inch heels. And um, let's see, what else... Um, yeah, you still got over a minute to go. So for a minute, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, I'm out of things. Um, started singing with orchestras in I think 2005 uh, with the Cleveland Pops, um, and then got a Judy Garland orchestra thing going, and and suddenly, um, I guess it was on my path because. Um, through Michael Feinstein, um, I started restoring all of Judy Garland's original orchestral arrangements. Um, so that has been a really interesting journey of the last uh, five or six years, I think. Um, yeah. And then got to restore the original of the Rainbow when Michael found that. So um, that was really coming full circle. Okay, does that end it? <laughs> Yay! Yay! We'll, we'll let it. We'll let it go at that point. You still had a few seconds left, but you answered all of my questions. So I, I guess we'll see you all next week, right? I'll go have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know more about these restoration projects and what that all entails. So are, are you? Oh, good, because I love talking about that. Well, I, I, I didn't know because you started with the the Carnegie Hall concert, right? Yeah. And then yes. now you've taken on the the Oz project. Well, okay, so the yes, the impetus for starting the restorations was that um, Michael had this project where he wanted to restore all the original orchestrations um, that Judy sang in her 1961 Carnegie Hall concert. Um, we did that, um, but um, then you know I was also just restoring other things. I mean, there's a lot of arrangements that were in Judy's files in storage. Um, and so I restor- started restoring other things. And then um, he actually he actually found, um, I've written a blog post about this if you want the details, but he, he actually found the original um, lost for 80 years um, parts, all the orchestral parts of Over the Rainbow in David Rose's files when his daughter was moving out of her office. I believe it was in LA. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he, and it, it was so heavily scored that, you know, 
it wasn't clear that that was actually the arrangement. Um, so until we could get the parts and really compare it with the recording very carefully, um, then it was apparent that there was a whole lot going on there, but they only had two mics in the room. So it's it's just sort of like the the parts came out of the ether, you know? <laughs> so it, yeah. um, it was a very moving experience for me to be able to go back to that and to be entrusted with that. So, And, and you're listening to a 1939 recording to compare to, as you said, with just yeah, two microphones. Actually, 38, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that's amazing that you can, you can take something that, that was that lushly orchestrated and kind of peel back the layers of time. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite... It's quite amazing. The string parts were quite amazing, actually, how um, how much going on there was, but they were all just playing, you know, pianissimo. Um, and, but on one faster take, you can hear more of it that was cut, the, a take they didn't use. Um, and then it was like, oh, yeah, they're playing the whole time. <laughs> because yeah. you never know what was cut on the stand as they were doing the session. So you really do have to compare all these things with the recordings. Wow. Sounds like a lot of work, and you and you've gone way and <laughs> yeah. above what a normal singer <laughs> would lot. do. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot, but um, I feel like it's a calling. Um, yeah. It's a labor of love, and um, you know, we're making these, um, you know, her arrangements um, available for people to use again. So um, it's it's definitely a um, a mission, <laughs> I yeah. guess, to restore them. Well, now I want to talk about connections a little bit. Uh, Natalie, your eyes lit up when um, Joan mentioned, I almost said Judy again, when Joan mentioned uh, Oberlin, right? Did you yeah. go to Oberlin as um, well? It's my hometown. Oh, that's your hometown? Oh, really? Oh, yep. my God. It's my... Wow. Um, yep. That's great. So you're connected in that way. Mm-hmm. But I have connections with you, Joan, in that uh, you know you told us you lived in Des Moines. I went yeah. to, and you'll know this right away, I went to Simpson College. You know where that yes. is in Indianola, yes. Iowa. I know it pretty well. Yeah, so I yeah. graduated Simpson in the early eighties, and <laughs> oh my <laughs> and I sang quite a bit with the Des Moines Metro Opera, and, and you uh, worked with them as well. Yeah. Yes, I did. Oh my goodness. Well, and and I think you said somewhere that. Um, you sang opposite the great soprano Lauren Flanagan early yes. in your career there at, at Des Moines Metro yes. Opera. And yes. my debut with them was with her singing oh. uh, Of Mice and Men. Really? Um, that show there. Yeah. Yeah. What, so, um, do, you, do you remember what year that was? That would have been 1980 something, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd have to go I back. Think and, it was there in 87, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah, there before you, a little bit before you. You paved the way. <laughs> yes, I paved the way. I did my Judy Garland impression. Somewhere over the rainbow. What do you think? Indistinguishable. No? <laughs> well, now, I, I don't know if you've listened to Joan or watched any of her videos, but she bears a, a passing resemblance mm-hmm. to, to Judy Garland, but her voice also sounds very much... Like Judy, I know I'm talking about you like you're not here, Joan. But okay, I, well, listen. <laughs> it's meant as a compliment. But is that something that you purposely do to to evoke the spirit of, of Judy Garland in this performance? Yeah, it's it's a complicated balancing act because I'm absolutely not wanting to impersonate her, um, 
But I'm so immersed in her singing, and it was my first vocal influence that um, there are a lot of similarities. And I, I, I guess what I'm trying to do is get inside what she's doing in her body to produce the sound, mm. but produce it with my own instrument. Um, and then when I'm performing live, I'm trying to just inhabit the songs and you know, what you see is what comes out that day. So, yeah. um, which is, which was very much her approach as well. So I guess I'm trying to go back to the roots of her approach. And of course, stylistically, uh, you know, I'm, I am trying to pay, um, tribute to her. Um, I have a quiz now, and, and you've told mm -hmm. us that you're singing, you know, Judy's signature song, the uh, Somewhere o uh, Over the Rainbow. And that puts me in mind, of course, of The Wizard of Oz, that great film from the 1930s starring 16-year-old uh, Judy back in the day. Lots of trivia about The Wizard of Oz, so I've come up with a 10-question quiz. Uh, normally, we do a quiz during the course of this uh, podcast, just so. Okay. And it's multiple choice, so you guys should, you know, have a a pretty good chance of getting this. Now, the okay. way we're going to do this is I'm going to ask you a few questions without giving you the answers, and then go back, and I'll read off the answers, and we'll see who got it right. Okay. Let me get some music here for it. This is a, this is a Harry Potter ripoff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It is about the Wizard of Oz, though, get it? Yeah. It's the best thing I could do. This one has a lightning bolt, the other one has a tornado. I get it. Yeah, something like that. I hit my rim shot too early for that joke, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm accustomed to it by now. Okay. All right, here we go. What color were Dorothy's slippers in the original book? Were they red, were they white, or were they silver? Question number two. Which of these was not a role that Frank Morgan played in the film? Was it A, Professor Marvel, B, the gatekeeper, C, the guard, D, the carriage driver, E, all of the above, or F, none of the above? I know that's complicated, but the answer is simple. Ooh. Third question. What did the effects people use to simulate sparks flying from Dorothy's ruby slippers when the witch tries to remove them? Did they use A, fire, B, juice, or C, animation. And finally, for this part of the quiz, who was originally considered to play Dorothy in the film? Was it Shirley Temple? Was it Deanna Durbin? Or was it Mickey Rooney? <laughs> okay. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. It sounded good when I wrote it. All right. So let's go back and run over these and see what answers you came up with. Okay. What color were Dorothy's slippers in the original book? Joan, do Her. you know? Say Silver. again? Silver, Silver, yes. Whoops, wrong button. Here we go. Sorry about that. I've been known to hit the wrong button from time to time. Usually when I get one right. So we'll give this to Joan. We're, uh, we're letting Joan answer these first, okay? Well, you know, these are. I'm no Oz expert, so not like my friend John Fricky, but I will, I will do my level best. Okay. So far, so okay. great. The second okay. question is, is more difficult. Which of these was not a role that Frank Morgan played in the film? In other words, which one of these roles did he not play? Professor Marvel, the gatekeeper, the guard, the carriage driver, did he not play all of the above, or did he not play none of the above, meaning he played all of them? He played all of them. Yes, he played all of them. So the answer is none. 
He played them all, plus the wizard. There's a double negative in there somewhere. Right, yeah. there was. That was like, hmm. Yeah, well, this is an educational show, so, okay. right? Right. What did the effects people use to simulate sparks flying from Dorothy's ruby slippers when the witch tries to remove them? Was it fire? Was it juice? Or was it animation? What do you say, Joan? Oh, goodness. I'm going to just guess juice because it's the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. Because it's what? The weirdest. <laughs> yeah, the weirdest choice. They used apple juice. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting techniques they use for the special effects in the film, mm -hmm. which are uh -huh. really quite good for 1939. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I mean, the tornado, yes. you know, coming to get them and all that stuff. Really amazing. Uh -huh. The writing, remember the writing in the sky? Oh, uh, yeah. The witch on her broom. The Dorothy, right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we still have one more left here. Who was originally considered to play Dorothy in the film? Was it Shirley Temple, was it Deanna Durbin, or was it Mickey Rooney? Let me get our music back. We lost that. There we go. Well, I know it was Shirley Temple, but I think they also briefly considered Deanna Durbin. So that was like the perfect answer. And I was trying to figure out how I would say that actually two of them were considered. Because <laughs> you knew that it was not Mickey Rooney. Yeah, I, well, we know it's not Mickey Rooney. At least we don't think no. so. I would love to ask our no. two guests in the studio if they know who Mickey Rooney is. No? Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds familiar. Oh, no! Mickey Rooney, the actor. Oh, you have wonderful movies ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the same conversation with Ali about a number of fine actors. A few. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, yes, the, you have a, a treasure trove ahead of you. So, yeah, you Mickey know. Rooney made a lot of films with Judy Garland when they were young, mm -hmm. right? So that, mm -hmm. that was the association there. Yes. But since you don't know who Mickey Rooney is, that could be a girl, right? <laughs> that could girl. be the original Dorothy was Mickey Rooney. Be sure you tell your parents that, see what they say. I sure will. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So let's talk about the other repertoire on this concert. I, I mentioned yes. it's kind of a hit parade of Judy Garland songs, but say if somebody has never been to a, a performance of yours before, uh, can you set it up for us? Well, yes. Um, so I'll, I'll, this is kind of a survey, like a This Is Your Life, um, of her music. Um, uh, Over the Rainbow is, I think, one of the earliest Um but there's there's definitely some of her early material on there. Um, there's a very fun song called A Pretty Girl Milking Her Cow that's yeah. from an original uh, DECA radio recording she did in the 30s, uh, or early, I'm sorry, early 40s, I think, um, maybe 1942. Um, and Trolley Song from the movie, uh, yeah. which is a stunning arrangement. And then, you know, going all the way through um, songs that were on her Carnegie Hall concert and even her television show there's a uh, a recently uh unearthed um out of the files um version of the boy next door uh which is not the one she sang in meet me in st louis it's the one she did on her television show in 1963 and it's uh just a gorgeous arrangement and quite quite different really from um from the original so that's kind of a rarity yeah. um did you yeah. have to dig up then? I know we've talked about the orchestrations, but it sounds like these came from lots of different sources. Were they all in, in one place? Well, um, many of them were in one place where Judy originally um, stored her arrangements. Um, 
and now I don't know exactly where they are. I think they're all in, I think they're all in one place, but, um, you know, some of these Judy didn't have, and so they came from collectors, um, from, uh, John Fricky, who is the Garland and Oz expert, has a huge collection. Um, there's other collectors that, that provided bits and pieces of things, sometimes just a part, um, that was missing. Um, so I didn't have to transcribe it, although I often did, but, um, yeah, so these are, um, another highlight is we have, um, that's entertainment on there and that's a, an arrangement by Conrad Salinger that she did on her 1960 album. Um, but he was a really the star arranger at MGM and, you know, he did, he did, um, the trolley song and a lot of her early films and all of his arrangements were basically all of his manuscripts were lost in a house fire. Mm. And also, of course, MGM threw out all of their musical parts, um, in around 1969 and they're, they're buried under a freeway basically. So it's, it's very hard to get your hands on any original, um, Conrad Salinger arrangements. And so that's a, that's a really spectacular one. Speaking of buried underneath the freeway, you know, Toto the dog is buried underneath the freeway, evidently. Um, I, and, and that just, I just thought of that actually, because it's on my quiz. So I'm going to throw out one quiz question just for fun. What was Toto the dog's real name? Was it Timmy? Was it Terry? Or was it Toto? A, B, or C? You want me to answer? Well, you know the answer? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, somebody else, what do you think? These girls are looking at me like, I don't know who Toto is. You you know who Judy Garland is, right? I feel like Terry would be kind of a bad name for a dog. Okay, Joan, what was Toto's real name? Harry the Karen. No. Toto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that you mentioned Toto, uh, you know, the whole the whole movie would have been very short if she just kept her dog on a leash. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Very nice. Speaking of Toto, who was paid more? Who was paid more, the Munchkins or Toto? Toto. Toto. Yeah. Toto. Totally Toto. Uh, I don't think Toto is buried under a freeway because there's a there's a famous uh, there's a famous gravestone uh, in in the Hollywood uh, right. Well, they they moved the original burial was where they put the L.A. freeway through, and they had to move the grave. Really? So what you're talking about yeah. is where Toto is now. Either that or I've got him mixed up with somebody else. Jimmy Hoffa? Uh, Jimmy Hoffa, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have him mixed up with Jimmy Hoffa. Toto Hoffa, or Terry Hoffa, excuse me. Yes, Terry Hoffa. Uh, anyway, Toto made $125 a week while the Munchkins made $50 a week. Oh. Right? Oh. Judy got $500 a week. And the man, the man in the show got upwards of $3,000 a week. So you want to talk oh, wow. about. That was huge money. Yeah. And the, yeah. Wow. Huge, huge money. Considering Toto was paid, that what was would be $2,000 a week today, you know? Wow. Imagine mm-hmm. what uh, that amount would be to, in today's dollars. I haven't done the math, so we'll save that for another time. Um, okay. So I, I I appreciate your love of history. We've talked about the restoration projects. We've talked about how much it, it matters to you to recreate some of these things that were lost. Uh, one of my favorite things about uh, your recordings is that you sing the entire introductions of every song. 
um, and not everybody does that. Oh. Um, what is this? What does this mean to you, and and why does it matter? Singing the introductions in particular, yeah. or yeah. Um, well, they set up the song, so it gives you a whole dramatic framework for the song, and it's like a little, you know, a little play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and I mean, I also just like to do them because they're often just beautiful. Uh, and that they don't get done, yeah. um, particularly the verse of Over the Rainbow, which actually no. I, I don't do in this concert, but I do when I perform solo. Um, it's a particularly beautiful verse, um, and I think it needs to be heard. Yeah, yeah that's the part that's like da 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 something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Just hey, like that. They were all looking at me in the studio like, I have no idea what you're doing right <laughs> yeah. now. Well, I mean, the words are so appropriate, especially right now. You know, when all the world is a hopeless jumble mm. and the raindrops tumble all around, heaven opens a magic lane. So it's it's just, it's a beautiful. Yeah, that's what I was going for. I figured if I sang enough, you would break into song at one point. Brad, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I do like Joan's version better. Yeah. yeah. Well, she knows the words for one thing, so that makes a difference right there. I, I'm trying it to think. It helps to know the words. It really does. There, there's one of the songs on your Gershwin album. I I, I think it might oh, be, uh, but not for, for me. Thank you for listening to that. Oh, Goodness. it's it, it's a great album. Um, it might be, but not for me. But don't quote That's me. That's how that. I feel about this show. You know, somebody says to me, "Oh, I've I've heard your podcast." I say, "Well, thank you for listening." <laughs> I think we're up to seven people. Yeah. Uh, wow. But I, I think the intro is um, an, an entire minute, and I just I love that because you think about in the old days when it would how many songs can we cram into a record, and yeah. you know the mm-hmm. the the cost per centimeter was mm-hmm. was so vast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is uh, yeah, right over there. Yeah. yeah, I just was trying to figure out your usage of the word centimeter in that in that sentence. It kind of it just cracked me up. It's about sorry. As, you think about the track on an album, right? Yeah. They're about uh-huh. a centimeter apart. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Truly. All right. Then never mind. Just you might keep going. have to explain that, though, to, uh, to the other people. In the oh, yeah, yeah. Pay no attention so... to that man behind the mic. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, I'm just, I, I very much appreciate that. You mentioned Michael Feinstein earlier. He does the same yes. thing. I, I appreciate that yes. historical approach, yes. too. Well, I'm, I'm, He's been very much a mentor and friend for for quite a while now, and so I'm I'm sure I uh, um, picked up some of that emphasis from him. Hopefully, mm-hmm. so. this yeah. is what happens when a couple of kids from the Midwest fall in love with the American Songbook and go make. There great you music. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so now, do you have a favorite among this this songbook, the Judy Garland songbook? I mean, besides the rainbow song i mean that's everybody's go-to song but you know it's not called the rainbow song yeah the the trolley song that you're thinking i was thinking of kermit the frog actually with (laughs) rainbow connection right you're not doing a kermit the frog tribute are you no no but i love the muppet show yeah you know had great great people on that show well that can be your next uh your next project i want 15 percent right here recreate the original orchestrations from the muppet show yes (laughs) Absolutely. You heard it here first. Coming to Toledo in 2023. All right, I'll get busy. Kermit the Frog, right? It's like the Ohio State University. Exactly. So getting back to my original question, uh, Joan, yeah. I mean, aside from the Rainbow Song, (laughs) which is what Mm. started this whole thing, aside from that song, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, what, what, which songs really speak to you? Which are your favorites? You know, when you start to mm. sing them, then we pay extra attention. Which ones are those? Um, I adore this arrangement of Stormy Weather. Uh, it's really beautiful. It's by Nori Paramore. Um, and um, The Man That Got Away is a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a Skip Martin arrangement. It's a, it's it's a wonderful, it's just a wonderful song, uh, written for her, of course. Um, the trolley song is, uh, to me, it's just, um, it's pure, del- I mean, I hope I'm not spoiling things, but we open the show with it, and it's it's just, you just hop on the trolley and you're there. I mean, to me, to me, that's just, it's, it, it's time travel. Um, it's, you know, when you do these older arrangements that you've been hearing for so many years, and then you're you know, on stage with an orchestra playing them and the sound is all around you, it it really transports me and I hope the audience. Um, It's sort of like the past and the present coexisting all at once, you know, and and it's, um, and I always loved time travel. So (laughs) that that definitely hopping on the trolley is is a, no, no matter how I am feeling when I hear that music, I'm ready to go. So... Instead of a uh, sedan, you can come in on a trolley, right? A trolley. Yeah. <laughs> like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. You remember the trolley we would oh, go yeah. through? Yeah. yeah. You get a little PBS mm-hmm. connection there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so nice. can I ask a follow-on question to that? Because one of the funny things about the American Songbook is that they have these ridiculous lyrics sometimes, stuff that maybe didn't oh. age as well, or they're mm-hmm. trying to work for a rhyme that might not necessarily <laughs> work. Are there any points in any of the songs that you sing either on this show or elsewhere when you, you get to it and you can't help but grin at how old-timey it is? <laughs> I have that feeling every time you look at me, Zach. <laughs> you know, I'm I meant you just... looking at me, right? Did I make that clear? I don't think so. Yeah. I have so many questions about that, but let's go back to Joan. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? Some of these lyrics are just so silly. Oh, Any yeah. cringy lyrics or um you know, I'm I'm not sure there are any in the in this show now that I mean because I think I would know. Um and none come to mind in this particular show, but of of course there's lots of lots of songs that have have that and it's it's clearly oop, they either that was the dummy lyric and they kept it because mm-hmm. they ran out of time or <laughs> um have you yeah. ever changed a, a lyric That's a good question, for but, performance? Um, um, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. I like that. There's a lot of lyrics in the show, but um, yeah, not on purpose. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I want to involve uh, Ali and especially Natalie here a little bit more because they've been sitting here so patiently and quietly. Huh, I'm learning now, so much. Well, yeah. Now, you guys know about Judy Garland, right? You know who yes. she was, singer, actress, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz, that film with her? Yeah, I have. Yeah? yeah? You've seen it? Did you see it on TV or did you see like the full unabridged Gosh, version? Gosh, I feel like VHS way back when. Mm. Yeah. I think I've seen it on TV with numerous commercial breaks. <laughs> and they edited it down, too, yes, as well. That I don't way. think it's a full version. No, but you saw Somewhere Over the Rainbow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, they originally were going to cut that song because yeah. they didn't like the idea of Judy Garland singing in a pig sty or whatever it was out on the farm. <laughs> right. And they thought it didn't do anything for the action of the film, and then they kept it in. It turned out being like, you know. The, the, the number one song of yeah. the 20th century? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
So, you know, we're picking up bits of trivia here, but let's hear a little bit about you, Natalie. And Joan, I hope you'll, you know, I'll tie this in here. We'll get, I'm going to use that other music because this is a, (laughs) this is a ripoff of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It's called. tornado-like. Yeah. Can you sing this version, Joan? (laughs) I I don't think so. Yeah. I'm trying to find, it's called Over a Rainbow. So, yeah, it's a ripoff again. So, Natalie, let's hear a little bit of your story. We're all interested to hear about you. And uh, about me. So, I am uh, from Oberlin, Ohio. It's a beautiful little town. Uh, Joan has been there. Um, Most known for, obviously, music and science. Um, I went to school at Bowling Green State University, and I studied with Professor David Saltzman on euphonium. Um, And now I am working with TSO, and in my free time, I listen to a lot, a lot of Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks is to me as Judy is to Joan. Wow, you're getting teared up here. I love her. You're getting all choked (laughs) up. It's actually, um, this has been really great for me to hear you talk about this because I also feel that inspiration with another artist. So I, um, I like to hear that you don't just go up there and try to reenact her. It's really about the music for you, which is what it goes back to. So thank yeah. you for this. Yeah. That's wonderful. Oh, that's very interesting. It's-, it's interesting that you play the euphonium. Right? For people who don't know what that is, it's like a baby tuba? It is. I call it a baby tuba with a um, much warmer tone than a trombone, but very yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. Yep. So w- when you play it, it's a mephonia, not not a euphonia, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. I worked on that. Yep. No, actually, I just thought of that, and I'll never think that of it again. Good. I usually <laughs> get a, a what? A what? A what phonium? <laughs> what? Yeah. Well... I have an iPhoneium 12. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you had something brewing there, yeah, Zach. No. Too silent. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Too long. Well, I'm going to give you a little cheer there, Natalie. Allie, what, what are your thoughts about uh, Joan coming to Toledo and presenting this music? Oh, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. I, um, you know, I saw The Wizard of Oz. I grew up knowing who Judy Garland was, but... Um, through this whole experience working with you, Joan, I've learned so much. Hang on, so let me much. pull on some music for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lot. And uh, I most recently watched, there's a new movie out uh, mm-hmm. about a Julie Garland. Um, it's not documentary style, but it uh, replicates her life. And I just was so fascinated and had no idea. Um, was that the one with Renee Zellweger? Yeah. Or, yeah, just yeah Judy. I thought it was, yeah. Yeah, it was really, well really done. spectacular. So I, I learned a lot of through the movie and just um, I'm so excited for the the show. Yeah. Joan, did you again. see that movie? Um, I did not. Yeah. Um, I'm, you that's know. a period of her life I really um, have trouble visiting um, mm-hmm. because I feel protective of her, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. um, in, a, in a weird way. Um Although um, I'm thrilled to hear that it made you want to to learn more about the real Judy Garland, because I I, I mean that's what you know any of us who do her material really hope. Mm-hmm. I think that that it'll inspire you to go watch her her movies, you know, yeah. so um, or or put on an album. Uh, you know, her Capitol Records albums are fantastic, and um, so that is wonderful. Well, uh, you also, you know, you are a, a protector of her legacy, but also you're you're helping to kind of author it a little bit 
um, now by carrying the torch of that period in her life when she was, you know, the iconic uh, singer and had such a big influence on American culture, which still resonates today. And I think that uh, it's wonderful what you're doing for uh, you. this music. And and I would encourage you to watch it at some point. I, I know that you know more about Judy than 99% of the rest of the world, but um, you would probably look at it cringing at certain points. I think it does talk about a lot of the obvious damage, but it talks, it flashes back to her younger years and the way she was treated by the studios. Mm-hmm. Um, it does flash into the relationships that she had with Mickey Rooney. And, um, you know, there, there's, there is a sense of being at the right time at the right place and the many ways that her career blossomed because of that. Um, huh. and, uh, you know, at the end, there were definitely points when um, there were there's still miracles that she could dig deep and pull out, oh, and yeah. I think that was a really neat part of the the movie is that you could tell one night she might be having a tough night, but then she would find it and the spark mm-hmm. in her eye and the, mm-hmm. the experience she would have and that everybody else would have too. It was quite emotional, yeah. Yeah. Aww. Well, you know, you hear um, like bootleg recordings of her talk of the town run at the end, and mm-hmm. I mean, there's a man that got away. Uh, recording that's absolutely spectacular. I mean, it's really the old the old magic. Um, even then, when her health was so um, so bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, it might be might be faded glory, but it's definitely glory. Right. You know? yeah. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely, Zach. How did this get on your radar as far as uh, the show and bringing? Well, Joan you here? sent me an email to come to this studio. Yeah. To, you know. <laughs> uh, certainly yeah. not. Well, I mean. See, Zach is racking up the buzzes. Yeah, yeah. usually okay. happens. Um, well, of course, we've worked with Carl Topolo for many years, and he cares a lot about you, Joan. The um, uh, yeah, he 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 gave me my start with this orchestra thing. So uh, yeah, he's so, been a big advocate of yours, and you know, thinking about the the fact that we were coming into the the Garland Centennial, we wanted to include a program to pay homage to her uh, in our pop season this year. And, you know, obviously yours was the first one that we came to. So, um, and and just a a, a tip of the hat to you, Joan, I I sent you in an email that I I first heard your voice on XM Radio and, you know, Jonathan Schwartz's old uh, show. I used to work for Jonathan Schwartz. I I used to board up his uh, his, uh, radio show at WMIC in New York when he first, uh, when I first started out. Not when he first started out. Right, I might have a couple years on you. Yeah. But uh, was that the Sunday show? It was a Sunday show, yeah. yeah. I, I was the one pushing all the buttons, and hope and and oh I didn't make a mistake, as far as I know. The other guy who was also doing the same job as me on different nights made a mistake and got fired. So, so were you were you um, channeling him when you were trying to play the fanfare? Earlier? I just had to listen to it all. Yeah, <laughs> it's all on the timing, right? Well, it is. But uh, I remember how he was speaking about the American Songbook, and he had he had played uh, at that time. I think it was the is from your Gershwin album, and um, it, oh. he just was very impressed. And I think oh. he played out the show uh, with with your tune, and that was just one of those moments. I wrote down. Oh. That is so nice. I I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, we should say just a little bit more about Carl Topolo because he's a, a wonderful conductor who. He conducts the uh, Cleveland Pops, right? Mm-hmm. And he has right. also conducted the Fireland Symphony, mm-hmm. which is right. out in Sandusky. Yep. Uh, wonderful clarinetist as well. Joan, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, Carl's work? Yeah, I love working with Carl. And it's it's a long 
time working relationship. Um, the, I mean, the the first, I'll just tell you a little story. But I mean, I uh, he saw me. Hang on, in, I got some um, music for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks. I'm just he, kidding. He, Go ahead. He saw me in um, Carousel and took a chance on on me um, and asked me to to sing opposite um, William Michaels, who was a big Broadway star at you know at Severance Hall on one of their concerts and with the Cleveland Pops. And, um, you know, I, I hear from people all over the U.S. Um, who have been, you know, given these kind of chances by Carl because um, he's, you know, such a wonderful educator as well. He was at CIM for so long um, as their, um, I don't know what his official title was, but the conductor, orchestra director. And, um, you know, he's been just a mentor um, and advocate for so many young people, Um that I mean, that really to me stands stands out about him. That really makes him unique. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I would add to that that I've never met somebody who has a more rainbow collection. Going back to rainbows of clarinets. <laughs> oh, clarinet. oh right. right, yeah, yeah. He has a red clarinet that he's he's known for playing. <laughs> right. I think he has you know in, in every color. I, I would imagine. Yeah, so maybe, maybe even polka dots. I've definitely seen red, blue, and green. That's right. mm-hmm. <laughs> so you should do like a little clarinet obligato for somewhere over the rainbow, and he can pull out different colored clarinets, <laughs> kind of like the, the horse of a different color thing, you know? First red, then yeah. orange, yeah. then yellow. I'm, I'm going to map out this the whole revision of this concert for <laughs> yeah. you, Joan. You come you in. revise the restoration yeah, exactly. just for this punchline? Exactly. Just for the punchline. That's what we feel. do here. All right? Okay. Um, this show's going to have a very high production level. You're going to have people's <laughs> expectations way up. <laughs> and we have to use my fanfare for your entrance, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Let me uh, let me do a couple more questions on the quiz because... Oh, is the quiz still alive? I yeah, the quiz that. is still going. Right. The quiz okay. never ends. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of the horses of a different color, what colored them what did they use to make the colors was it body paint was it jello or was it lighting wait they colored the horses yeah they colored the horses mm-hmm. oh in the in the um yeah in the movie yeah. oh, the wizard thanks. of oz yeah. we're back to the wizard of oz okay during the song if i only had a heart there's a cameo vocal wherefore art thou romeo from the voice behind a famous cartoon character Mm-hmm. Who was the cartoon character? Was it Sleeping Beauty? Was it Cinderella? Or was it Snow White? Okay. And the last one is... What was really in the Tin Man squirt can? Was it chocolate syrup? Was it colored water? Or was it oil? Okay, so those three questions right there. Let's go back to the first one. The horses of a different color. They were colored by body paint, by jello, or by lighting. Do you have uh, an idea there, Joan? Well, I'm, I have to guess Jello because everything was about Jello in, in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Jello, Jello powder actually, and they had uh-huh. to, they had to like, they put it on and had to film right away because the horses would always lick it off wherever <laughs> they could reach. Good thing the flying monkeys they were, weren't nearby. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, question number two. During the song "If I Only Had a Heart," the cameo vocal "Wherefore Art Thou, Romeo?" comes from a famous cartoon character. Was it? The voice behind Sleeping Beauty, behind Cinderella, or behind Snow White. What do you say, Joan? It was definitely Snow White, and I think her name was Adriana Costa. 
Salotti, yeah. maybe something like that. Yes. Adriana Casalotti. Yeah, she sang. Yeah. You just had that ready to go, didn't you? Bro? I, I, did. I have it. I have it all written right here. <laughs> I don't know anything. I have everything written down. Such a distinctive voice, though. Even if you go back and watch Snow White now, it's you know they, the voices are just not like that anymore. Yeah, with the yeah, exception so of Joan really Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> you girls know who Snow White is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you've heard who? of her. Have you seen that? <laughs> have you seen that original Disney film? That yeah, was their terrifying. first one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the evil witch yeah. and her apple. Okay, what was really in the Tin Man squirt can? Chocolate syrup, colored water, or oil? What do you say, Joan? Oh, well, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to guess chocolate syrup. Yay! Good guess. Oh, oh. Yeah, it was chocolate syrup because they had to spray it on his face and, you know, near his mouth. And oh, yeah. unlike the horses, he did not lick it off. Didn't so. he have some no. skin reaction to the yeah. uh, tin paint or something like well, that? Well, Buddy Epson yeah. was originally yeah. going to be the tin man. He had to drop out because he had an allergic reaction to the, the paint. That's amazing. Which wow. they changed for Jack Haley Jr., but or Jack Haley. But they, <laughs> um, right. yeah, I got him mixed up, sorry. Um, That's right. Because Jack Haley Jr. married Liza Minnelli, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, did you just say that they changed the quality of the paint because he was going to go on and marry Liza? That doesn't sound like a sentence that you meant to say. Yes, well, you know, follow what I mean, not what I say, okay? She was 16 years old. There's no way. Judy Garland was 16 when she made Wizard of Oz. So chocolate sauce was also the blood in Hitchcock. Yeah. Really? Right. Well, chocolate sauce is basically, you know, a substitute for anything in... in, Mm -hmm. In black and white films and in early color right. films, right? So keep that in mind. A okay. tip that you learned right here on Toledo Symphony Lab. Noted. Thank you. <laughs> Blood or oil, you can use chocolate syrup. <laughs> and I expect to see plenty of chocolate syrup during your show. <laughs> Absolutely. Get right on. You know, we do want Joan to come I, I and do really the show. Want yeah. my gowns, actually. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get your your gowns. Uh, no way. Up there. Yeah, nice. How, how many costume changes are you doing during this this concert? Uh, I think three. Okay, well, that's not bad. That's not too bad. It sort of represents the different periods of of her life. I imagine. Mm. More Just say yes. Colors, I think. Okay, I'll say. I'll say. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say yes. They progress a bit. Yes, they do. In class. Okay. So I have a I have a farewell question for you. I don't know if we're done, but this is my last question for you, Joan. Is that I know that you would say Judy Garland saying somewhere over the rainbow better than anyone else, but who's the runner up? What's the version you go to and say, oh, but this one is so special. It's a tough one. How about this one? Hmm. I haven't. Um. <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that. It's a really interesting question. I've heard a lot of versions. Um, hmm. I can't answer that. Who's Who's the one you never want to hear again? <laughs> well, I taking a different tack. I definitely will not answer that on the air. <laughs> okay. Oh, here. Let me turn off the radio. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Yeah. Not going to say. Right. <laughs> Mozart thought it was my funny. Mother always said, my mother always said, if you can't say something nice, don't say it. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good like advice. a good Grand Rapids, Iowa, Oberlin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the Iowa nice answer, right? <laughs> Iowa nice. Iowa nice, not Iowa stubborn. Those are different things. Yeah. Des Moines no. is a great city, by the way. You can oh, have yes. a little shout out to Des Moines. Yes. Shout out to Des Moines. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So uh, Joan Ellison is coming to Toledo at the Peristyle in the Toledo Museum of Art with the Toledo Symphony. It's Saturday night at 8 o'clock p.m. You can find more information on the TSO's website, toledosymphony.com, or the box office number is 419-246-8000. So Joan Ellison, thank you so much for joining us here on Toledo Symphony Lab, and we look forward to having you with the Toledo Symphony. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website, toledosymphony.com, and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Allie Dresser, Natalie Conklin, and our special phone guest, Joan Ellison. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.